Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be a fantastic tonight tonight. It's been a fantastic week, actually. I've had a lot of fun. You know those those weeks where you have where you it goes by so fast because you have 500 plates you're spinning, and you get through the week and you realize you haven't dropped any of them yet. It's been that kind of week. I've been doing 500 million different things, and I'm still kind of on track. <laughs> so it's 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 a good week. Um, I want to go over some things with you real quick before we get started. All righty. One of the first things is, is if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Alrighty? And uh, that will put you in the lineup. The uh, Rock That Poem Worldwide Poetry Project is something you should be uh, involved in, in case you didn't know and were wanting to wonder. You can check out what we're doing on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem. Really fun, cool, easy way to get uh, the poetry out there into the hands of the public. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's easy as rock, paper, scissors, a little bit of glue, you're good to go. Alrighty. And the next thing I want to do is remind you that if you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can shoot probably the easiest way would be to shoot me a message over on to Facebook. If I'm not on your contacts list, my name is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. All right, and you can send me a message there. Let me know what you uh, have in mind, what you'd like to put together. The workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. We can pre-record those, which means, you know, if you wanted to pre-record one and then send me the MP3 file, that would be great. We can do them live or we can do a combination of both, whatever you need to have done. Okay, and you don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these workshops on. The whole concept of this is that uh, just we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn from each other. Okay, so it can be anything you want. If you want to do an actual step-by-step process of writing a poem where at the end we have a finished product, that would be amazing. Do an actual writing uh, assignment where we walk through with you. You can do uh, a talk about your favorite style of poetry, your favorite era, your favorite poet, your favorite poem. You can bring a form of poetry and teach it, whatever you'd like to do. Alrighty, and uh, we'll get that set up. I want to thank those of uh, those of you who have already put together workshops with us, and uh, Philip Church just did an amazing one with this just a little bit going sonnets. Uh, so, yeah, get involved in that. Do it. Just do it, yes. All right, next I want to thank Star Sevron, James One Sapien, and Roy Murdoch for helping sponsor the show this year, helping us keep our three-hour on-air license. Appreciate you guys very much. That goes on, uh, on behalf of all of us. All righty. Okay, so get your papers and pencils out, guys. 
because I am going to give you your writing prompts and your writing exercise for the week. Alrighty. So you'll want to write those down. If you happen to miss miss it, that's okay. You can come back and listen to the show's archives and uh, find it on there and be able to write it down. That goes, you know, for almost any show the last, I think, the last two years we've been doing that. So if you ever get stuck on a tight place one night and, and you need something, just open up one of the archives, listen to the beginning of the show, and it'll give you a couple couple things to work on. Alrighty. So this week um, I'm going to do for your exercise. Now an exercise is meant to make you flex your writing muscles. You know, you're you're supposed to get messy and sweaty and, you know, this isn't pretty. This is where, you know, you you do exercises in order to look better. You do writing exercises in order to write better poetry. Okay. So this is just something to make your pen move. So the exercise for this week is I want you to go to your junk drawer. This is this week is an ode to the mysteries of the junk drawer. We all have one in our house. So I want you to go open up your junk drawer, and I want you to write something. And in a writing exercise, it can be a story, it can be a poem, it can be a prose, it can just be meandering thoughts. It doesn't matter, okay? It's just to get your pen moving on. What I want you to do is I want you to open up your junk drawer, and I want you to write about it. Uh, I want the approach to be like it was an archaeological dig, all right? So you're opening this mysterious, what is it, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, like this tomb, okay, of mystery and and what could be in there. And I want you to, to write about it as if you were doing an archaeological dig on your junk drawer. Or you can do something that the exercise is just junk drawer. So, you know, you can also you can go and look through your junk drawer and find five things and use them in a poem somehow. So whatever take you want, but it has to be, your junk drawer, junk drawer has to be the inspiration for this, okay? So that's your exercise for this week. Now, your writing prompt, okay? Your writing prompt. Now, this is intended to create a poem. I want you to, this can either be a general con. you don't have to take it, you know, this is just the prompt. It can be a line in the poem. It can be the title of the poem. It can just be something that was... Uh, you know, in the concept of this, okay? So whatever your take is on it. But the the prompt for this week is, while having coffee with Sigmund Freud. Okay? That's your prompt, while having coffee with Sigmund Freud. All right? So that's your exercise and your prompt, and uh, have fun doing those. The uh, the next thing I want to do is uh, play a recording. We always start and end every episode with an audio track. And uh, if you're an, a recording artist and you, you would like to have your piece played on the Speakeasy, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All right, and we can uh, upload that to the show's library and get that on the air and play it for the world. That'll be awesome. So the one that I'm going to start the show with tonight is called The Type, and it's by Sarah Kay. And we'll be right back. If you grow up the type of woman men want to look at, you can let them look at you. 
Do not mistake eyes for hands or windows or mirrors. Let them see what a woman looks like. They may not have ever seen one before. If you grow up the type of woman men want to touch, you can let them touch you. Sometimes it is not you they are reaching for. Sometimes it is a bottle, a door, a sandwich, a Pulitzer, another woman. But their hands found you first. Do not mistake yourself for a guardian or a muse or a promise or a victim, or a snack. You are a woman. Skin and bones, veins and nerves, hair and sweat. You are not made of metaphors, not apologies, not excuses. If you grow up the type of woman men want to hold, you can let them hold you all day. They practice keeping their bodies upright. Even after all this evolving, it still feels unnatural, still strains the muscles, holds firm the arms and spine. Only some men will want to learn what it feels like to curl themselves into a question mark around you. Admit they do not have the answers they thought they would by now. Some men will want to hold you like thee, Answer. You are not the answer. You are not the problem. You are not the poem or the punchline or the riddle or the joke, woman. If you grow up the type men want to love, you can let them love you. Being loved is not the same thing as loving. When you fall in love, it is discovering the ocean after years of puddle jumping. It is realizing that you have hands. It is reaching for the tightrope when the crowds have all gone home. Do not spend time wondering if you are the type of woman men will hurt. If he leaves you with a car alarm heart, you may learn to sing along. It is hard to stop loving the ocean even after it has left you gasping, salty. So forgive yourself for the decisions you have made, the ones you still call mistakes when you tuck them in at night and know this. Know you are the type of woman who is searching for a place to call yours. Let the statues crumble. You have always been the place. You are a woman who can build it yourself you were born to build. That was Sarah Kay with the type, probably in my top ten favorite contemporary poets, poems. As I absolutely cannot tell you how much I love that piece by her. It is amazing, I think, in my opinion, for my taste in poetry. 
All right, guys, so now it is time to get to our callers. All righty. So if you are called in to read tonight, well, once first of all, if you're not called in, why? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Run to the bathroom quick, grab that palm out of your pocket, the cell phone, great acoustics in there. Wherever you're at, stop, come read. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. And uh, remember that we do take callers in the order that you call in tonight, such as area code 734 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please, please, do you hear me saying please? Please make sure you introduce yourself. Say, hi, this is blank. That way people know who's reading when they're listening to you. All righty. And it just sounds nice when you start out that way. And then your name's attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there without your name being attached to it. So please introduce yourself when we bring you on. Right now we've got not horribly full phone lines, kind of. If you've got one long poem or two short poems, okay, to start out with, that would be fine. So you can do two short ones right now or one longer one. Keep, please keep your read to, you know, right around the five-minute marks. Uh, that way, you know, you're courteous to the people who are waiting in line behind you, okay? Then when you're done reading, please make sure that you give out your URL. That way people can come over and see you and get to know you and your work before you come back here again next week and read. Then remember, please, that we do have a mature rating, which means no bumping potty parts, no tab A into slot B. Don't get too graphic. Uh, no adult poetry. But... Uh, and you're bound to hear just about anything else besides that. I'm going to give you our first three callers for the night so you kind of know where you are in the lineup. Uh, we've got 734 is our first caller, followed by 989, and then we will have 903. 504, you're right after that. Okay, so those are our first callers. Let's go ahead and bring on 734734. Are you with me? Hello, Nyla. This is Dennis White from Michigan. Hey, Mr. White from Michigan. How are you, sweetheart? Oh, I'm doing all right. <laughs> it's Thursday night. It's it's a good night to read poetry. <laughs> it is a good night for poetry. Yes, especially at the Speakeasy Cafe. Can't go wrong I'm excited. there. <laughs> I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited that you're going to be starting off the show. I always have so much fun with you. Wow, that's a, and that's mutual, really. <laughs> I just love that you you always laugh. You're always laughing. You know that it's yeah, just that that, that, that you know, and it's not that fake laugh. You know, you you know the people love you, mean it, ha ha ha. You know that, okay? That's that's. Oh, I do no. know that. <laughs> but yours, <laughs> when you laugh, it's from the belly. You can feel it. Well, you can hear yes, it in the, in the sound. Yes. The role should be is from. tangible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we got that out of the way. Maybe I should read a poem. Okay, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, the poem I'm going to read, the title is Regarding Coats. A coat is a facade, an outer vesture, that may or may not reflect the inner image of the person who wears it. A grand coat may be cloaking a scoundrel, while a humble, threadbare coat may be worn by a noble, 
honest person who values integrity and shuns deceit and vanity. Much like a mask, we may wear to hide our true feelings. A coat may be picked to promote a favorable image rather than the essence of the wearer as a book should not be judged by its cover. Neither should we be unduly influenced by the magnificent threads of a fine coat, but by the fabric of character of the person wearing the garment in the poem. I love that. There's a... uh... A play called, is called the, the Patrick Code or the Code of Many Colors. I remember seeing when I was a little kid. And uh, it kind of made me think about that. But I love that. You know, I'm sitting there. As soon as you said that, I start mentally going through the coats in my closet. Hmm. What does my coat say? Hmm. <laughs> yes, I think we're all a little bit guilty of vanity when we pick our clothing. But uh, let let it reflect something uh, beautiful in us, not something ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Great job, my dear. Do you have a second one you would like to read? Uh, no, I think I'll just leave that go uh, for tonight. That's uh, uh, good enough for me for this evening, and we'll we'll get some more poetry and more poets and. Uh, my poetry may be found at allpoetry.com. I write under the name of Haiku Bless You, <laughs> with hyphens between the words. So uh, pull it out, take a look at it. You may find something interesting. You may decide not to come back, but it's all good, and uh, I, I'd, uh, I'd enjoy you to come visit if you want to. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And I'll I'll step aside and let the next poet step up, and I'll say, God bless. (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. It's such a joy having you here. And it's been a joy being here. Thank you, Nyla. You're welcome, hon. We'll talk to you next week. Or call back in if you'd like to read a second one, okay? All right. All right. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is George Wiley. Hey, George. How are you, love? Oh, I'm just great. Trying to figure out what the magic way to lose weight. Have you figured it out? Or you probably don't need it. You probably are fine with that, but some of us... With what? With... I'd like to get fit, and I'd like to lose weight, and it doesn't... That just willing it to happen isn't working, and I can't quite figure out how so funny that you said that because you know I've been doing lots of crazy stuff this uh, summer and I've lost a little bit of weight and I thought well you know this is good let's just keep this going and so I went out I don't even own a scale I went out and bought a scale and then I'm and I have it sitting on my office floor and I'm all excited it's like you know this this is this is going to be great and then you move some boxes on your desk and find that that where did it go? Where did I set it? I think I hit it. Hang on. I'm grabbing it. You find behind your file this hidden stashed box of 
Girl Scout Samoras. Cool. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, I just read the question. You eat them. Then, then you can feel guilty. <laughs> you have to eat them because they were they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I, don't I, I think I'll just go set them on my scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weigh them first, but then eat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, this is I, this only way like six pounds. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, That's if right. only it worked that way. <laughs> <laughs> the poem um, I'm going to read tonight. I just uh, put together today. Um, sort of a little sort of a prose poem from teenage years. It's called, um, oops, I get, pardon me, i got to get my reading glasses on because the font was too small. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Um, it's called, I Could But Dream. She shifted her desk a bit. Perchance, I fantasized to see me better. My brain was ginning up facts without substance. There, did she look at me? She grinned at the teacher, rendering him, I assumed, into a rapture. Did she love anyone, hate anyone, care about anything? How in the world could any man not be in love with her? At my 15 years of nuclear hormonal bombardment, I could but dream. The long legs crossed as her feet moved just enough to shake the laces. Parts of me stirred in school as well as at home when I thought of her. Some of her yellow hair fell over her green eyes, adding a mystery. Who was she peeking at from under that crown of gold? She often put a pencil in her mouth and twisted a bit in and out. I could see the fine hairs on her arms as she wrote with her left hand. Each day she grew more beautiful maturing as I watched her. I must hurry or she'll fly in someone else's pulsing arms. How could I accelerate my coolness to the point she'd notice? Would I appear more seductive if I ignored her or if I stared at her? She had a low, husky voice and answered the teacher's questions with a smile. He accepted her answers gladly, even when she was wrong. Had the spirits lofted her into this classroom like a grand gilded gift, even if she probably didn't even know my name. One day she smiled at me in the me in the hallway, and I almost tripped over my feet. I decided to ask her to the autumn hop. The fear of my decision suspended all else. I was consumed with the thought of dancing her with her. Could I control my groin? I resolved to ask her the next day. I would not chicken out. I would do it. What? She was not in class the next day. She never missed class. And the next day, too. I approached a girl who knew her, and I inquired. Oh, Marlene? She moved. Went to live with her father in Wisconsin. I knew you'd ask. I've been watching you watch her all the time. You're pretty pathetic. Did she ever mention me? No, she didn't even know your name. By the way, who are you asking to the dance? You. End of poem. 
I love that poem. <laughs> just lighthearted. Um, so, but it's <laughs> you know, you know the the uh, the the angst of teenage boys and girls. I just, I thought it was absolutely amazing. I mean, you followed the whole progression of adolescence, of hormones, of sexual maturity, of of all of that. When I mean, from the first the the, the crush on teacher type, you know, um, you know, the girl sitting next to him with ponytails, you know, the whole mindset into the maturity and the cockiness of the ending line. Right. Right, exactly. It it was perfectly done. Yeah, the impermanence of love. (laughs) Where's my Mm -hmm. ending? (laughs) Um, I I wrote something about that when I was really, really young. It was something like, oh, how did it go? Um, Close the book and gently dust the cover. Place it back upon the shelf, the tale of another lover. Oh, great. That that was my, you know, love is fleeting. It's like, yeah, this is going to hurt and suck for a while, but that's okay. <laughs> There's a whole library. <laughs> There's a, an old man I an old man I worked with used to tell the young guys who were worried about losing their love and all that. Or they'd, he'd say, oh, I'll just leave her alone, just sub her away. He said, There's another bus coming up there. There'll be another one on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for years I had this image that a bus would come. <sighs> but anyway, um, yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> Incredible piece. Did you want to read a second one, or are you good? Well, mine's, the other one's almost as long as this one, so I don't know if you want to hear it now or later. Uh, we're we're fine. That one wasn't that long. You're okay. Okay, all right, just let me reach around here and get it. It's only only a uh, broken fingernail away from here. All right, this is called, I I didn't read this one, Water Dances on the Big Lake. I don't think I ever read it uh, on on your show. Um, I, I read it somewhere about a year ago. It's called Water Dances on the Big Lake. We spent many years at the Big Lake, watched closely by a huge, aggressive load of sky, which could be fickle as a fly, then angry as a wild boar, and then welcoming as a rose arbor. We perched there on the shore for two decades, large, unblinking windows aimed at the water. We gathered sunsets in a basket and raindrops in our hats, had our breakfast on the dock and sunburned beer in a boat. And, of course, wondrous sunsets of cerulean, presenting first with purple clouds, then growing like a phoenix with brushed-on gold and orange and hues of peace, and climaxing like a slow-motion demille showcase, backed by a soundtrack of geese and loons and the sadness of departure. After sunsets, we watched the fire pit embers weave their way to the approaching Venus and witnessed the purple-black curtain curtain of hesitant stars tenting slowly down, down over us. With fireflies and mus- marshmallows in our hair, we watched Ursa Major grow and heard the quiet murmur of trolling night fishermen. The lights on the distant shore moved with the water edges and urged the night breeze into a jiggling song, 
and at dawn the bigger fish ventured near the dock. If you sat still on the dock, peering down through the water at the yellow sand, you would see their minnow-seeking waltz shadow its way over the sand's geometric grooves. Local legends say Ojibwa families loved this west-facing shore where steady breezes kept mosquitoes at bay. The old Saginaw Indian Trail was but yards away. Now, if you breathe in that lucid air, close your eyes, and take it back 200 years, it is morning, and there are women waiting toward the drop-off with their fishing weirs, while nearby their children splash water into the sun, while I splash words at these memories. End the poem. That was incredible. You know, I say that you have an amazing way with your concrete images. You know, how how they are surprising and yet so familiar, the way you put the words together. You, you, it's a surprising combination of words, but at the same time, or an idea, but at the same time, it's something that feels super familiar. Does that make sense? Kind yes. of contradicts itself, but... It's like the the one that stood out to me, the one that I loved, was sunburnt beer. Was yes. it sunburnt beer on the boat? Yes. It's just a combination of, you know, four nouns and stuff. But mm-hmm. as, as it is, but it's, that's when it's And then as the you wind through the season and, and, and it's, everything starts coming to an end and slowing down, I loved the line where you said, like, the approaching or something along the lines, I'm not going to say it correctly, of course, but the approaching of Venus, because Venus comes oh, in yeah. the summer. Uh, yeah, and Venus is always the first bright star in the last year. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So, very cool piece. I absolutely loved it. Well, thank you. Sean Leibel love... says you are a great storyteller. Oh, well, I thank Sean very much. I appreciate it. And I'm going to make way for the next person. And I may stick around for a little later, um, but thank you for um, having me on. You tell everyone how to find you before you go. Oh, yes, that's right. I have a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes. And then I've just recently joined allpoetry.com, and I only have a few entries there. So I think that's it. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, great job tonight. Well, thank you very much. Bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 903. 903, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Hello. Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, absolutely wonderful. How are you, Eric? Oh, better than last year. <laughs> Can I ask you a serious question real quick? Yeah. Can you guys hear me eating yeah. cookies? No. Oh, phew. good. Because <laughs> I'm not. Anyway, go ahead. It is so good to hear from you, Eric. Well, thank you so much. Uh, well, it's, it was a little cooler today, and, and I found out one of my problems, but I think I told you I found a uh, my neighbor told me about these breathable T-shirts, and they actually dry quicker than normal, and so they're not stuck to my to my gut or to my back, 
which is really good because I was getting heat rashes bad. I don't know if you remember that or not. But mm-hmm. um, I remember you telling me. Anyway, I stopped drinking Dr Pepper, and it's been it's been killing me. <laughs> it's the it's been helping me overheat. So I stopped drinking it at my work and stopped drinking it at lunchtime too. So but a lot more healthy anyways, for you. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mainly just drink water and and Gatorade. So at my job. But yeah, I'm doing a lot better. So, anyways, I got uh, one poem, and I might read another later. Um, uh, this one is called <laughs> uh, "Just Because I Don't Believe in Your God's Goddesses Doesn't Mean That I Worship or Believe in Your God's Goddesses' Adversaries Either." You ready? Mhm. Please. Yeah. Just because I don't believe in your gods or goddesses doesn't mean that I worship or believe in your gods or goddesses' adversaries either. Just because I don't believe in and don't worship any of your three Abrahamic gods, Allah, Yahweh, Elohim, and or the latter two sons and or their prophets doesn't mean that I worship and believe in their adversaries, Iblis, Lucifer, and or Satan. Just because I don't believe in just because I don't believe in and don't worship any of your good creator gods and goddesses of Hinduism, Krishna, and the many others as well, doesn't mean that I worship and believe in your creator gods and goddesses, adversaries of Hinduism. Just because I don't believe in and don't worship your Buddhist good gods doesn't mean that I worship and believe in your Buddhist gods and goddesses adversaries just because I don't believe and or worship your Zoroastrian creator god Ahura Mazda doesn't mean that I worship and believe in his adversary Angra Menu just because I don't believe in and don't worship your Jainism gods and goddesses Genis doesn't mean that I worship and believe in their adversary Ragas Devesis and karma. Just because I don't believe in and don't worship your Sheikhism creator god, Wahiguru, wonderful lord, Satnam, eternal reality, Akal, Prakra, eternal one, Nayam, name of God, and innumerable other names, doesn't mean that I believe in your adversaries. Five evils or five thieves, cam or lust, kardos or rage or uncontrolled anger, lob or greed, mole or attachment or emotional attachment, and a hankar or ego or ego uh, ego. Just because I don't believe in and don't worship your Gnosticism, Creator God, the Demerge doesn't mean that I worship and believe in his adversary, the monad. Just because I don't believe in and don't worship your kami or spirit that live in the natural world of Shintoism doesn't mean that I worship and believe in their adversaries, which things that disturb the kami, disturb the worship of kami, disrupt harmony of the world, disrupt the natural world, disrupt the social order, and disrupt 
the the one of oh sorry I just uh, totally messed up and disrupt the worship oh disrupt the cami one is a member all right well I just totally messed up but that's all right I've got a typo or something but just because I don't believe in and don't worship your beliefs in religion, mythology, spiritual philosophies, fairy tales, folk tales, and household tales doesn't mean that I am your adversary, nor does it mean that I worship and believe in each other's in each one's adversaries either. That's the piece. Sorry about the mess up. No, apparently, I, I had something wrong. I gotta fix that later. <laughs> well, you never know because we don't know what's on paper. You were perfectly fine. You got some uh, some good praise on that in the uh, chat room. Awesome. That's great. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, I'm never in the chat room because I'm not on on my computer. But I need to get I need to get my own uh, hotspot so I can start chatting with people. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around and I'll go ahead and take myself out of the queue and then come back in. Sean wants to know what the name of that piece was called. Oh, what it was called? Yeah, what was the name of it? Well, it's very long, but... (laughs) Hang on a second. Just because I don't believe in your gods, which is slash goddesses, doesn't mean that I worship or believe in your god slash goddesses adversaries either. That's the title. <laughs> awesome. All right, sweetie, tell everyone how to find you, Eric. All right. And thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on, on Facebook and like page, poet Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on YouTube, Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on uh, uh, Poem Hunter. I got about six or seven poems on there. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. And that's really it for now. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week? Yep. All right, hon. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 540. 540, you're on the air. Hey, it's Phil Church down in Virginia. Hello, Mr. Church. How are you, my dear? Oh, I'm fine as fogs, sir. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, we've had some beautiful weather down here today. It's just been a beautiful day, and um, it's interesting because you were talking about cookies. I'm actually eating a, a chocolate chip cookie as we speak. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I'm not, I should be not. <laughs> I've been sitting here trying to figure out because these, these cookies are in. Listen, they're like the cellophane stuff, right? Right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there listening and listening to the poem and listening to what's going on and, and, and all that. And the whole time I'm trying to see how quietly I can open up this box of cookies. So you guys didn't know that I opened them. But guess what? 
I'm busted. I'm busted. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, well, um, I don't. I only got one poem tonight, but it's it's a poem in eleven quatrains with three couplets, and I consider it, for lack of a better word, like a masterpiece for me. And I've been working on this thing off and on for like six years. So that's what I'm going to read for you tonight. I would love to hear it. Okay. And I'm trying to think if there was any kind of setup I would give for it. I don't reckon so. So this is called, uh, you know, it's kind of long, so you put it to bear with me. This is called... The Genius of Love What is love? The opposite of hate? No. The first act of loving is simply the capability to wait. As altered as pliant lover is to the axe is a love that simply refuses to not relax. It's a riddle a mere dissipation of our minds, we think that love must always pertain to signs. You must not let such doubt love's vision to obscure, but abide to the time that love's manifestations occur. Oh, please trust and allow your mind to be concisely still. Love comes when it comes, and it always comes as it will. Lay aside the fretting. Just let go of all of your care. Love is always on time. It really will always be there. It has always been so since those times most ancient. So to best act in love, love must always be patient. Now it may first seem folly to keep Sealed within the mind For love to be really love Love by definition Must be kind Now do not take this lightly In the least The fact is quite real Our strongest stance Toward another person Is revealed As we kneel We may genuflect Celebrate or promote our status In ways as no other but our greatest physical act is when we bend ourselves to help one another. After all, isn't it in the very definition that we can discover we actually may find what we really want and need from others is when we give the very same kind? It's the crux of fairness, indeed of all fair-mindedness, Love is expressed best in its adaptation of its kindness when we exercise the will for all of detriment to bind. To best act in love is an act which is best done in kind. Thus, to realize true, real love without being defeated, one must treat your fellows as you wish to be treated. Now, when your love gaze is fixed upon another, don't compare your gifts to that of your brother. For upon all of mankind, God's gifts he shall imbue. 
think not upon others, but the bestowals placed upon you. Whatever the Lord has given you, revel and be zealous. Remember that true love is just simply never to be jealous. But when times come that others' troubles are confessing, don't add shame to them by bragging of your blessing. Or when you esteem to be better in what you say and do, remember all people are loved by God just the same as you. For that truest form of real love to actually gain advance, first free it from the hardened, cold clamps of arrogance. So to be a useful vessel not placed upon life's shelf, treat others as you wish to be treated or treat them better than yourself. Though our heart's pain may cause our vestment to be blood or tear-soaked, we must not seek our own or allow our persons to be in any way provoked. Now, throughout our days, we will endure injuries and insults unbuffered, but the real love abiding within us must take count of no wrongs suffered. Well, then we can shout and sing out with one heavenly voice, not in unrighteousness, but regarding truth, rejoice. The genius of love is that it bears, believes, and hopes as any other thing pales. But if we abide in faith, hope, and love, that genius of love never fails. End poem. Can you imagine what the world would be like if they understood that? Oh, yeah. It'd be something else. That's That's like the Ten Commandments of Love. That's right. Actually, if someone recognized what I did was this keys off of the definition of love that's given in the Bible in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind, and so on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You did a fantastic job. I understand completely why you consider that your masterpiece. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's one of three what I would, you know, not that I'm a master of anything, (laughs) maybe a master of my own destiny, but, uh, you know, there's three poems that I've written that if someone said, you know, do you have any, did you ever do anything that was a masterpiece in your life? I've got three poems that I consider masterpieces, and that's one of them. You know, it's really funny that you say that because, I, I tell people that all the time. It's okay to say that you like something you wrote. It's okay to be proud of your craft. It's okay to, you know, say something is done is, isn't that. Like, I love the fact that you call it your masterpiece. What I love more is you said that in your lifetime you've written three great masterpieces. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> so how many how many good poems do you think you've written? How many good poems? Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, many cricket. Uh, you'd be in the hundreds. And okay. bad and poems. How many crappy poems? How many crappy poems have uh, you written? Uh, in the hundreds. I have this whole thing that I call my dog file, <laughs> <laughs> and that that it's where all my my messy little bad poems. 
pawns go, <laughs> or, or partial pawns, or you know. Mm-hmm. I don't believe them. I just put them in that file because you know you can always go back and polish something up or pull something out a couple or two that you know. You're a word hoarder, just like I am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I don't throw away anything I write. I've got I've got a shoebox full of things written on a napkin or written on the back of something, you know, <laughs> page torn off the phone book, whatever. The reason that I I love the fact that you said that because it it really brings home a point I try to make to people. We put so much pressure on ourselves to write great pieces and and write great poems and because we have to rush right to our Facebook page and post them so people will read them and you know we we put so much pressure on ourselves that we stop having fun at what we do. We stop having fun at our craft. Okay, and we think every single thing that we write has to be fantastic, that we won't write it unless we think it's going to be fantastic. And that's why I tell everybody, that's why I do the exercises and the prompts, and especially the exercises, because everything you write isn't going to be great. You know, you are going to write three great masterpieces in your life, but you're going to, and you're going to write a whole handful of good poems, but you're going to have to write a lot of crap to get there. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know that I, I love how you put uh, be messy with our muses. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 know. One of one of the things that that I believe with all my heart is that any of the successes that I have enjoyed in life simply means that I have failed more times at something than others dared even try. And mm-hmm. and that that's the whole thing. You gotta be willing to take your hits. You gotta be willing to mess up. And you know, uh, if if we learn from our mistakes, then I'm a damn genius. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, I I should be Einstein a couple times over by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I want to get on off here and give someone else a chance, but if y'all want to find me, I'm Philip Church, Philip of One L on uh, Facebook. Uh, go ahead and send me a friend request, the more the earlier. Or you can look me up on Amazon.com, uh, search Philip of One L, K E N T, Kent, Philip Kent Church. For some reason, you have to put the Kent in or you can't find me. And uh, other than that, I reckon I'll get off of here and we'll be talking to you next week. All right, sweetheart. Hey, and I want to thank you again so much for the little fairy stone thing you sent me. Oh, <laughs> I wear one myself right now, as a matter of fact. So everybody in Virginia has one. <laughs> <laughs> it is just the coolest, and it just amazes me. This earth amazes me. And I, I sit there, and I've been looking at it. I've got it right here on my desk with me, and I'm looking at it. And I just I don't get it. My brain can't wrap around, you know, every now, every time I think I'm an artist, every time I call myself an artist, I'll find something or I'll discover something and realize that, you know, next to nature, I ain't nothing. Right. You know, what nature is able to create. <laughs> you got it. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you liked it. I do very much. All right, my dear, we will talk with you next week or if you call back in tonight. Uh, probably not tonight, but I'll be, be giving you a holler next week. 
All right, sweetheart. Thank you, Philip, and tell your wife hello for me. Oh, I sure will. We'll talk to you. All later. right. All righty. Bye bye. All right. Our next three callers, I'll go ahead and let you know who our next three callers are. We have area code 419 832 and 503. So, 419, are you with us? Yes, hello. Hi, sweetie. How are hello, you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of took a little hiatus there for a minute. <laughs> uh, Remind uh, everyone who you just, are. Uh, Shelly Gambino. <laughs> mm-hmm. i got to um, get you guys well just trained. A, yeah, just a little, like, something I just wanted to bring to everybody's attention. I don't know if you touch base on it on your show at all or not, but... If you're an artist, then you should have that right to be able to express yourself the way that, you know, you express artistry, but then someone doesn't really criticize it constructively and then makes judgments of you as a character of your person by what they perceive as a written poem when it could totally be off or not even what they're saying. Um, Just really, I I was attacked like that, and I just kind of had a hard time settling with that because I know, like, I write and I like what I write, but to sit there and try to uh, judge someone or tell them that this is what you're thinking because that's what your poem said is totally wrong. <laughs> and I don't know if you touch base with that. Like, I mean, I know there's constructive criticism out there and I get it grammatically and stuff, but if you're an artist, I just don't, I just wanted to say that because that kind of really affected me. Try using a little tact um, and kindness, people. Well, just because like, you're not going to always agree with people, you know what I mean? But to attack someone because of what they wrote, it just, uh, you know what I mean? Like I was, it's really, um, I don't know. I kind of lost a little sight with humanity on that on that one. So, but I'm back. I, I'm I can overcome. <laughs> I've dealt with a lot in my life, and I understand that not everybody's gonna like you. And I'm not trying to do this for friendship or anything. But like, if you find yourself criticizing someone else, maybe take a step back and say, "Hey, what can I do constructively?" You know. Exactly. <laughs> so I just I just had to say that because it really did bother me. So. But you're strong. Mind. Look and at I'm you. You're strong. You just you're like that that song by that cute girl that she jumps all around and and says shake it off, shake it off. Yeah. <laughs> right, that? right. Well, I just thought it might help someone else too. You know what I mean? You could be on the one end, maybe giving con- criticism to someone and say, hey, maybe I'm criticizing what they're saying and not what they're how they're trying to say. You know what I mean? Like I just mm-hmm. kind of for both. It works both ways. You know. So. It's okay not to understand what someone is saying. It's okay not to, like, you know, say you're one political belief and I'm the other. You know, it's Mm -hmm. okay for me to read something that you believe and not be Mm -hmm. offended. You know, I just don't have to say anything about it. You know, I know that we are all made up. You know, what we believe politically is just one spoke in an infinite wheel. You know, there's so many other things. So just because you and I may not agree on one thing, doesn't mean that if that is defines who you are. Right, right. You know, and yeah, and, I don't, and I, I, we need to just to you, let it roll and shake it off. And but, you know, some people yeah. just have to have the last word. They have to have their two cents worth in. They have to have their opinion on because they are a little more than that. Okay, that's why I'll put that. Yeah. Right, and and I respect your show and your forum. So I don't I don't read my political pieces, and they've been in the past. So you know, and I I don't want people to see me that way. Everyone has their opinion. If anyone wants to read them, ask me. But I didn't want to do it on your show. So <laughs> um, you can read whatever anyway, you want, girl. <laughs> anyway, I wrote this one a while back. Um, it's called "Playing with Freedom." And I just wanted to read it uh, for people that kind of were jailed or something that were innocent. 
is kind of what it's about. But um, playing for freedom. Do you know what it is like to have your freedom taken away, to dwell under lockdown, under lock and key? Darkness becomes your world, just waiting for your turn to get out. And that is only if it is your sentence. Behind prison bars, guards with arms, yet where are ours? Living in a society from within, counting the very days till release, bittersweet. Outside life forever changed, for even when you serve your time, you are still judged by society. For once you are inside, a record is created, that of what you used to be, that of who you were, trying to leave the past behind, yet your past becomes you, haunting the rest of your life by the freedom of which was taken away. Society has made you a slave, a slave to their rules, a slave of fools, to think you would ever change. You are who you are, and you remain Yet, it, yet your life, the quality, will never be the same. They feel justified when freedom reigns. And peace. Wow. Definitely some strong beliefs in that piece. You know, it just it <laughs> makes me think of, you, you always hear society crash down on the criminals, you know. Mm-hmm but not take not look at it from the criminal side. And I for me there's not a lot of gray area. You know, be a nice person. Right. If you're not a nice person, there needs to be consequences. If there's not consequences, nobody learns. If there's no right. consequence for bad behavior, then why not behave badly? Right? Yep. You, you know, so I don't have a lot thing. of sympathy if you know, if somebody does something then you messed up, dude, and that's the way I look at it. But at the same time, I have seen, you know, personally seen so many people have their lives ruined unjustly. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, the the what what they have, you know, it's just totally not appropriate for their crime type of thing. Right. And so right. it's a, it's a hard I, thing. I, you know, you, there's some people that they deserve to wear that. Mm-hmm. Label for the rest but of their the life because of the, the type everyone. of crime. You know, not everybody needs to do that. You know, right? And then like how um, the sex offenders and stuff—they brandish everyone just because someone says something, and there's no justification, and there's no oh, so five girls said that you did this, so that means you did this. And I don't want to live in that society because where's the proof? And I, I just, you know, it happened to me in high school. So the, the whole Me Too uh, movement. Well, well, they kind of, like, uh, I was on the softball team or whatever, and they ganged up on, like, one of the coaches and were saying, like, oh, well, he touched us. When was that? Where was I? I was on the team the whole three years that you guys were. And, and just because just there was five against, well, you know, and it's just it, it's just ruining people's lives. And I just don't, that's kind of why I wanted to read it. But, yeah, I just don't get it. I understand that stuff happens, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, um, can you still read another one or do you have to go? Because I know you, in the beginning you said two, but that was a couple publics ago. Is it a short one? Another one to re- um, I can make it short. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it short. I mean, I could just try to read it faster. You know, I read fast. <laughs> um, here, I'll read a small. I'll read a short one. Um, I know what I am not. You tell me things are not what you perceive. You even called me artificial. What is it that you want from me? Please remove your thistle that pokes and prods me, chastising my ways. I long to wish for brighter days. To come ahead, you drag me under, drowning out my very own happiness. 
You are misery, sharing unwanted company of letdowns. I wish to break free from the misery you instill. Why are you such a pill, bitter to swallow, harder to taste, but now you are inside, swimming in my head. The end. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Shelly, fantastic job, sweetheart. All right, well, thank you, and we'll see you next Thursday. Tell everyone how to find you before you run away. Uh, Facebook, Shelly Gambino. If anyone wants to inbox me first, I've been getting a lot of friend requests. Oh, yeah, but Nyla, I didn't get to tell you that um, I was asked for a couple people in uh, New England, the United Kingdom in England, to read a couple of my poems over there on a live like broadcast show, and I was just really excited, so I had to uh, tell you that. So, yeah, I was really – I was honored that they asked me, number one, but then they were able to read it in their forum over in the United Kingdom. So that was really cool. That is but very yeah, I'm cool. On Congratulations on that, honey. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yep, and Shelly Gambino, Facebook, if anyone wants to say who they are or whatever, I can um, send me a friend request. And you have very a good night. Cool. <laughs> you too, sweetheart. Okay. We'll talk to you next week, love. Thank you. Sure thing. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Good evening. <laughs> And how are you? Who are you and how are you? This is Amelia T. Davis calling from Houston, Texas. I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. You've been working out with your lungs, haven't you? I swear those are, that's getting longer. <laughs> well, you know, it signs every piece that I do online radio. <laughs> Indeed uh, it does. What you got, baby girl? I, I ha- Well, I wanted to tell you, you've got a guest in the shadows, Um I, you know, I have my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People, and I recently promoted one of the poets to my admin, and uh, this is all new to him, and he's listening. I'm hoping he'll press that one button, uh, but he has sent you a friend request. So um, if you see that, that's my admin, and... uh, so without further ado, are we doing two poems? You can do two short ones or one normal one. Okay. All right. So I'm feeling a little spicy today, so I'm going to do um, the title is a little more spicy than the actual poem. It's called Crescendo of Ecstasy. Darling, dear, make love to me like playing a harp strum my body like a beautiful harmony like a conductor to an orchestra use your magic wand moving to the quarter notes each stroke of your love beats cascades of sweet harmony i'll continue to sing while you are tapping out the chorus Love tunes of the night, like the whispers singing rock steady. Move those hips to the beat of your rhythms. Darling, dear, I'll continue to sway and hit each high note. 
as you're stroking of that magic wand, those beats that you drum out are without compare. Oh, yes, right there. Hold that tune steady as our melody lullabies you into that atmosphere. In a crescendo of ecstasy, the song will be completed. And peace. Musings of Amelia T. Davis. <laughs> that was so funny because you had me there. For a moment, you know, there's a couple times I'm like, I, I, um, <laughs> I told where you, you where you're going, going, Amelia. <laughs> you know, I retired it two years ago. That's just a little uh, spicy one. It's not, uh, you know. But anyway, so the second piece is called Love Forever and Always. Our souls meet, our souls met before the beginning of time. Two souls destined to meet here on earth, somewhere, sometime. God formed us to be the ultimate mates, completing each other in every way. I was taken from your rib to be blessed, yours to have and to hold. You as my king, leader, and protector, I as your queen, to be your strength and empowerment. Our hearts beating as one, one purpose, love everlasting. Our minds in unison, achieving the higher goal. Our souls' essences intertwined, escaping into the universal. We dance upon the stars and slide on moonbeams. Our joy knows no bounds. For finally, after a lifetime of waiting, hoping, praying, we have been united here in this planet called Earth. Our love is the embodiment of God's grace and love. Two separates have become we. A love forever and always. Musings of Amelia T. Davis and peace. Absolutely beautiful, my darling. Thank you so very much. You can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis, E M I L I A T. D-A-V-I-S, you can find me on my like page, same name. You can Google me, same name. You can find me in my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People. Have a blessed night, much love, and I'll go sit back on the couch and let the next one come up. (laughs) All right, my darling. Appreciate you so much, sweetie. You're so welcome. You know I love you dearly. You're my sister. Oh, thank you, baby. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, absolutely. Right here with Nyla. Yes, ma'am. Thanks, honey. (laughs) Bye-bye, sweetheart. All right, I'm going to give the next couple of callers. We have 503-216 and 832. 503-216 and 832 will be our next three callers. Let's go ahead and get 503 on the air. 
503, are you with me? I am. This is John from Portland. Puppy love. <laughs> yeah, it seems like love is the theme of tonight's show. No, it's just because I, I mean, had such a crush on you when I was a little tiny kid and you were dating my sister. Oh, uh, come on. Like, like <laughs> that poem that George wrote, who you asked me not to the dance? I have enjoyed the show immensely. been listening from the beginning. It has been really good tonight. Well, thank you. I'm sure the poets will be very happy to hear that. No, yeah, no, no. Nobody said nobody bad tonight. All right, <laughs> I just simply brought you a I brought you a sonnet. Um, it started with uh, your poetry prompt um, on Facebook with a picture of clouds, and I wrote a line and looked at it and stared at it and decided over the last couple of days to work on it and wrote a sonnet. You know me and my traditional. Mm-hmm. Ready? I am. All right. All right. I call this love and work. As I walk through these gray mountains, I consider a world upside down. Lovers come and go with the seasons, yet love is never found. Hard work will bring you a paycheck, but not pay for a happy home, nor put enough food on the table, even if you live alone. I have been to the top of the mountains. I have walked in their deepest ravines. I have breathed the thin air of emotion while laboring in valleys of green. And yet I will work hard for love today. The alternative is way too much to pull. End of sonnet. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm so jealous really you write sonnets. And you guys have to know that. Anyone who writes a sonnet, that's like... That's like wearing a man-smelling English leather. It just kind of drops me to my... Or no, English leather mud. I know. Isn't that the most nerdiest thing? I can smell a man. They don't make it anymore, but I remember, you know, it was pretty big back in the 80s. I would walk down the street, and I could... Two, two blocks away, I could smell a man wearing English leather musk, and I would just fall to my knees. I, that was my kryptonite. <laughs> you know, that's funny Weird. because that was what I wore in my Is it really? 20s. Yes, and I bought it from Avon. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder I had such a crush on you when you were dating her. Oh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's so, your fault. <laughs> oh, it's my fault, is it? <laughs> My my girlfriend actually carries around her ex-husband's perfume with her. Now, I don't know how to write a poem about that, but I do find it kind of creepy. That's kind of weird. I used to okay. I, I used I had this this spray bottle of the English uh, leather musk, and every time I would like change my bedding, you know, wash my bedding and change, I'd always spray my bedding. With that, so when I went to bed at night, I could like yeah. have sweet dreams and just, you know, floating that that just uh, just something about that yeah. smell is just amazing to me. Yeah, I, I've heard that a couple of times about girls, you know, that they they will spray the pillow next to them when the girl when the guy is missing and crap like that. Uh, I didn't have a guy. I didn't I, want a guy. I just wanted to smell. Yeah, well, <laughs> whatever your love was. <laughs> yeah, no. Whatever you're into, we don't judge here. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Love is hard to find. If you found it, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too funny. 
All right, baby. I, Tell I, everyone I, how to find your sweetheart. Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm that unemployed guy over on uh, by 405, you know, smoking cigarettes and handing them out to the homeless. Actually, I'm just between assignments, but I actually don't have to be at work tonight to read on your show. I, I can sit on my own bed. That's awesome. It's kind of nice. I know, right? Well, hopefully <laughs> that you'll be between these between these uh, things long enough that you get a call in more often. I am very happy to just simply have a bit of a relaxation while the heat was going on here in you know, Portland. So mm-hmm. it's actually a kind of nice layoff. And, hey, you know, I mean, we take what we get, you know. We do. As the good books, as the good book says in Matthew you know, twenty-two, one, you know, it tells a parable about a guy who works in the vineyards, and all the workers are getting angry because the guy is paying everybody the same, no matter when they hired him, you know. And the moral of that story is, you know, be grateful for what is offered. You know, what you what you are offered is probably the best thing if you can be grateful for it. Because then you'll use it. Then you'll walk with it. Then you'll progress with it. So we just keep pushing forward here. Good words to live by and listen to. (laughs) I thought I'd said too much there. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Anyway, I I just thought, yeah, thank you. I just wanted to bring you something and, uh, Thank you for the poetry prompt. I I, uh, actually posted uh, the full poem on uh, my website, you know, under John Kay's. Very cool. All right, you guys, go check him out. All right, John, great job. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Yep, I'll keep listening. Have a great night. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's really funny, guys. He really did. Um, I've known him since I was like just barely 14 he used to date my sister that's crazy um, yeah so I wasn't just making that up alright next caller comes from area code 216 216 you're on the air mama are you there can you hear me Um, kind of Okay, can you hear me better now? You you sound like you're talking through a tin can phone. Okay. I can hear you now. Don't move. Stay right there. Okay. Okay. Um, Is that better? Yeah. Okay, I tried to do this crazy thing you told us to do just so I could get to read two poems, but it was really hard, so I'm <laughs> going to read it. <laughs> read it just so I could read one of my own poems and see if I got the gist of this. If not, I'll try it again next week. But uh, you said it's called Found Poetry, and the people I used was Gail Mazur, and her poem was called Baseball from Zeppo's First Wife. The second poet I used was William Wise Word. His poem was O-D-E-O'd. And I used one by John Don. And the name of his poem was 
one where I messed up, I couldn't, I forgot to put the name down, but I'll have it. I'll find it. And then it was one by George Herbert, and then one by Keith. It was called Ode to a Grecian Urn. And so I can't find my fifth line, but I had it here. But when I tried to copy and paste, it disappeared. I don't know what happened. But anyway, so I put the one that was about sin and love. And, oh, I know what that title was. I know what that was. Okay, yeah. Oh, I used it twice. Okay. Because I like that line. But one of the lines I used twice, I'm going to take it out and use it once until next week and I get it together. So the poem I put together with these different poets was, Heard melodies are sweet. But the unheard are sweeter. Have I no harvest but a thorn? Wilt thou forgive that sin by which I have won others to sin and made my sin the door? Our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting, and the wind keeps carrying my words away. That's that piece. So how fun was that, and what did you learn from doing that assignment? I guess I didn't learn much since I didn't do it right. One, two, three, four. That is five lines, I guess. I don't know. I got to do it again next week. It was fun because I get excited when I um, have the right to uh, use somebody else's lines, and, uh, and you told me it was okay to do it. And it's called sound poetry from that. So again, it is. It's Gil called Mazur. sound poetry. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down. So Gail Mazur from Baseball, from Zeppelin's First Wife, owed by William Wadsworth, was Our Birth is But a Sleep and a Forgetting, which is that's one of my own thinking that way. And um, A Hymn to God the Father by John Donne, that was Will Thought Forgive, that sin which by which I have won others to sin and made my sin the door. I really like that. And then the one by George Herbert um, called Collar, and I have no harvest but a thorn. I really like that because all the work we do in life, all the things we do, um, it's just cast upon deaf ears sometimes, and we end up with nothing for our harvest but a thorn. And then I like that one that kind of goes with it from another poet um, when he says um, heard melodies are sweet but those unheard are sweeter and that kind of reminded me of the wind keeps carrying my words away so that that was that I got that I'm going to try to work on it and get it even more sounder Um, one two three I did get the five lines in there. And the Keats and John Don, Ringwise Work, and Zeppel and George Herbert. Okay, I did get the five in there. But uh, something I did wrong, I can't figure it out right now. But I'll I'll, I'll get it together and do that one again because I really like the lines that I chose. So Now can I read my own piece? Ma'am, go ahead. <laughs> okay, thank you, Taskmaster. 
just so you guys, because I didn't explain that. I forgot to explain it the first of the show. When we're on a one-poem limit, you can only read one poem, unless you do the homework assignment or writing prompts that I give out. If you bring one of those, then yeah. you get to read two. That's the only exception to the rule. So good job, Mama. Well, you let them, you let them read two already, so it doesn't count. All right, here we go. Read My Pages is the name of this one. This is one I really like, and it's just a short one. From stone to bone, hieroglyphics to alphabets, images and letters, from tablets to the printing press, from skin to leaves, stamps, seals, and indigo, lead, pencil, ink, or charcoal. I am a scribe. I got to write. I was assigned to this job, so it must be completed. Now is my time to record in the book of life, never to be deleted. I am a poet, respected or rejected, burning words like incense. From now in time, since the rocks of ages, read my pages, the wisdom of the sages. I am old. I am an old update, holding secrets in my memory bank. Like an old computer with a crucial update, I am a scribe. I have to write. What comes up must come out. I scribe the words that come out of my mouth. Mama Oladeji, our queen, in the building. Read my pages. You want to know something really weird, Mama? What? When you were reading that, and I don't know where it came from, but when you were reading that, all of a sudden I was picturing it as like a performance where it's your voice reading. But there is a girl dressed in black leotards, like a dress in leotards, like a dancer. And she mm-hmm. is she is doing like sign language interpretive dance. Doing wow. that doing that poem and so I'm seeing her you know, doing the movement, doing the dance, uh doing the motions to your words. That's what I was picturing yeah, the entire cool. time you were reading. That sounds really cool. That sounds really And read cool. the last two lines of that poem for me again. Oh, did I put it away? Read my pages. Okay, the last two lines um, says, read my pages, the wisdom of the sages. I'm old, I am an old but up-to-date. I am old, but up to, that's not the last one. I am a scribe. I have to write. What comes up must come out. I scribe the words that come out of my mouth. And I think the line you were talking about was the one about the, I am old, but up to date, holding secrets. No, that last one, the ones you just now read were the ones I wanted. You know, what comes up, what comes up must come out. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that. And so when I'm picturing, when I was going along and picturing this, this whole dance performance to your words, that was like the, the powerful big move at the end. You just come, go back and listen to it and try to imagine imagine that. Where, I can already see that. You, you gave me a good idea. That was really nice Yeah, for people that like poetry, but they, can't, they have hearing impairment. That would be really, really great. Right. So, um, yeah, the, today I, did, um, I had an interview with Barbara. Into the new, and um, Dennis came over, 
song. It was really, really nice. I'm gonna send you so you can listen to it to get my bio and everything. And then it ended up just being a great session. So I thought you would enjoy it. So I'm gonna send it to you. I invited all of them to come over here. Uh, I know Dennis came. I don't know if Cynthia is gonna make it or not, but uh, yeah, I've been I've been promoting this show and I told them about um, Reverse too. Might be coming back. So. Um, I'm going to work on that um, assignment from last week to next week because I think I could do a better job of it. And the book I'm using um, is kind of really old and moldy. So I'm going to try to, you know, get some more um, different books to use. That's the book I like. It's, um, it's called uh, A 14 British and American Poets by Rowan. Jake Collins, Rowan L. Collins, Rowan. They put these 14 um, British and American poets together in one book, and it's really old. It's the second edition. It was not the first edition. I'm still going to hold on to it, but it's really beat up and moldy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mama. Do me a favor, baby. Tell everyone how they can come find you. They can. Find me on Poetry Soup, which is the best place to find me because I got most of my um, best poems over there. Vicky um, Aqua. And um, I didn't hear the assignment for the day, the next week, but I'm going to try to start doing these assignments. Uh, I think they make you stronger. And so I'll listen to the archives to get that. And thank you. And I love you. And bye bye. All right, Mama. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Love you, honey. Bye. Okay. I wonder if I have those real quick. If you're still listening, Mama, the the writing prompt was, um, I want, the writing prompt is, this is the title, first the line in a poem, whatever, the concept for it. The prompt is, while having coffee with Sigmund Freud. While having coffee with Sigmund Freud. Okay. That was the writing prompt for this week. Then they're writing exercise, but it's kind of long, so you can go back in the archives and check that out. But the prompt is while having coffee with Sigmund Freud. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Miss Nyla. Hey, how are you, sweetheart? Uh, I'm fine. I just had to take it off of uh, speaker. I don't. I like to be listening to speaker, but I don't like talking on that. <laughs> um, um, I, I got that other, uh, thing that I was talking about last week, but I have to, uh, put it into a more readable form. Um, I mean, let's put it this way, right now it, it went a little epic, <laughs> but, um, it's just, you know, and it's just like, you know, like I look at it and it's like, I, I because I do, I, so there, there are some things that, you know, to be able to to see the, or, or for me anyway, it's a case of I have to write all of it out so that I can see what the colors are and then put the colors back where they need to be in in, uh, in the finished format. And I don't like reading it when it's still kind of like that, uh, that's, that's spread out. I'd much rather have a chance to put it into one of my little chappy books and and it's ready to go. So I'll have that one ready um, next week. 
on that. But I came up with some other ideas on it too, in terms of you know just some uh, just some ways of thinking about it. So I got I, it really came it, made, it came out well. I enjoy it. You know, I like it the way it is. It's just like I say, I gotta gotta put it in that finished form. Yeah, uh, this one uh, doesn't have a, a real title. It, I don't. It's just one of those things that just kind of came out, so it's just like I don't really have a title for it. So, without further ado, images torn from shadows, shapes of turnings to come, thunder in the night hour burns the slow wick of an explosion. No way to temporize the yield. It will be death. There. Iron flies, the buzz of blue bottled tracks. It is the song, sound, and spoor of the bone hunter, born to the mythos of the hunt. There is an essent claim, the story unfolds from within the three elements of fever. The whip rush of heat traced by pores, pores of crystalline sweat. The murmur red of such fevered skin. Oh, the bone hunter comes. Let the hunt begin. Liquid lines travel the flow of least resistance. The floor masking water weep, divine sight, an opportunity for the kill. And the ignorance set out their unknown grams of plastic fossils and hope for occidental failure. Plans gone awry. The blue bottle buzz gathers horrific magnitude. The bone hunter is seen from afar. Elements of a fever gathering speed. Will she live? Will she breathe? Sleep? Will she dream? Times change. What has served us well never has she screams and shakes the marrow of the night nocturnal discourse the nature of the hunter travels too close on me don't want this broken lightning the patter and visage of Stark before the fall and is revealed as revelers with elations as fierce and joyous as the song she lives. Prayers, offerings unto all, ceremony and sacrifice. Thanksgiving. 
The bone hunter falters and fades, dashing into the quiet pall of dawn, gasoline. Ghost road relics are put away for future days. Home. The walk continues. Monke Jonge Uber. Damn, that was incredible. Well, I thank you for that. I, uh, I've been getting back into my reading, and I give that full credit for basically stirring the words and the images in me and uh, refilling the mental paint pots and allowing me to basically sharpen up my skills. And I'd say it's just a case of I've just, uh, just I, I got to thinking about it, you know, and it's like I had a conversation with a, with someone a couple of weeks ago and I was using some examples of things and I, was, I wasn't going any further than the generality of it. And they were coming back from the other side, not with malice, you understand, or, or trying to, you know, with, with, with ego or anything like that. But just saying in terms of, you know, in terms of the uh, example that I was using, it's like, well, wait a minute now. This breaks down to this. So this is actually this many ounces versus this many gallons. And so basically asking me where I was going with that, and it's like, you know what? I've gotten into that place of where, you know, I was, I was basically dulling the, the end of my blade, so to speak. I can't do that. I have to get back on top of that. So now it's like a case of, like I said, I've been putting away the, the you know, my, my video games, and I've been putting away the, or leaving off the TV. And even if I just have 15 minutes, I'm reading at least two to three pages of a book, whether it's research or whether it's just pure, uh, pure entertainment, like uh, like Robert E. Howard of the, of, uh, you know, wrote Conan or, or one of my other favorites, like Charles DeLint, and maybe some of his books, and that in that nature. And just you know, again, you know, just 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 bringing things back into terms and where they need to be for the 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 source material for for words themselves. So again, like I say, I, you know, when I when I come up with something like that that I really enjoy, in terms of one of the, those kind of like what I would, well for me is a short work. Um, I like that, and I, again, I, I I give it credit, you know, to to going back to that place where I need to be in terms of source for that part, that form of uh, my, or for that part of my my creativity. I think that that's. Uh, I think we all strive that for that. We should. All right, love, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Oh, okay. You can find me on uh, Facebook, and it uh, says uh, Rafe Wild on it, and then in parentheses it says Soldier Blue, and that's me on Facebook. And that's where I'm at right now. There you have it. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Thank you, Soldier Blue Blue, and we will talk to you next week. Oh, yeah. Actually, I will have that other one uh, in, uh, in shape for... Uh, the reading on the, the the images that I've basically collected from you know the 
two coastlines, uh, Florida and uh, California, as to all of the things that are going on between those two places. And just kind of my take on it. I look forward to that, honey. Thank you. Yes, indeed. All right, hon. Bye. Bye, Ms. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 704. We'll have 256 after that. Right now, 714, or seven, excuse me, 704. You're on the air. Seven zero four, are you with me? Yep, sorry about that. Hey, this is Nathan Antoine. I am uh delighted to be here with you guys. I uh was invited by Amelia Davis. She told me about the show and I have enjoyed it thus far. Well, we are very glad that you're here and thank you for sending me the friend's request, by the way. No problem. Thank you for accepting. So <laughs> I uh, said I do two pieces today. Um, I'm more of a micro-poetry writer, so they're both fairly short. I think this first one is a little shorter than the first than the second one, but the first one is called My Shoes. It says, I will not yield to defeat because these are my shoes, my feet. Life can test even the best, but my shoes are worn, never broken, though sometimes torn, and they remind me when they fit, if not you. Then who and these? You know, I am a huge fan of short form poetry. You know, it's it's normally I'm a free verse writer and there's a piece where I wrote about being that and it's like, you know, I'll tell something inside out, upside down and backwards a thousand times again till I make sure that someone gets what I'm trying to say. So it's really easy to sit there and write a piece and you know, write a long one and, and, you know, use a lot of, of metaphors and a lot of adjectives and a lot of concrete images to sit there and, and, you know, pound into someone's head what you're trying to say to them. It's much more difficult to do something powerful and impactful like that in short-form poetry in just a few words. And that was a, an absolutely beautiful example of a very powerful short poem. Short-form Thank poetry. You so- yeah, but I tend to write those uh, on my page mostly. I, I post mostly short poems. Every now and then I'll post a longer one. But to your point, I, I kind of really appreciate a poem that can kind of get straight to it and, and and really hit home. So I appreciate that. Great job. Right. On it. Thank you. The second piece is called The Results of an Afterthought. All right. So it says, where would I be without my thoughts? How would I live life? I mean, what would life be without the without the arts? Every day several decisions are made, some greater than others, and others change lives. It all comes down to a single thought that I can't see, but could be the real arts, my thoughts, that never keep quiet, and each speaks its mind, never mind my actions, because they are an afterthought, the results of a body of a life that lives so new each day that the guy you see is the each new day better me and peace <laughs> that was incredible but I have to Thank tell you. you this and you'll probably never speak to me again sure as, as soon as you said results of an afterthought I just saw this 
really cool line of baby clothing with that as a motto on the T-shirt. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, funny. that's right where my brain went. You could you could patent that and be a millionaire making T-shirts like that for babies. <laughs> that is a good one, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that was awesome. Great read. I'm really glad that Amelia brought you here. I'm really glad that you came on and shared with us. And uh, now that you've been here and you've read, you're part of the family. So I'm hoping you'll make a habit of this. Absolutely. So, hey, I'll say if uh, anyone else wants to check out my page, I do have a page strictly for poetry, and I'll be adding on a little bit of blogging and some other things later on. But primarily, uh, the poetry is there. It's called The Reach. On Facebook, you can search it at the reach, the number two, and the letter U, the reach to you, and you should see it there. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, it was an absolute pleasure to hear you read tonight, and I hope you come back again and read lots more, Nathan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. This is Stan Phillips. Stan, how are you, my darling? I am fine, my dear, and how are you? Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> been an exciting night. Yes, it has been. And thank you, Amelia, for bringing that young man to us, because that was nice. I enjoyed that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, what's been going on with you? What are you bringing us? All that good stuff? Well, I, uh, I'm i actually going to read something that I did specifically for Inspiration Factory. But I wanted to do something different. So I guess you could call this an outside-in rhyme that you can read inside out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there trying uh, to I'm trying to get that that image in my head so when I'm listening I can hear it. And my and okay. my head was just kind of doing it's kind of like caught in a riptide for a moment. Okay. What I did is I rhymed it's only six lines. So the first and sixth line rhyme, the second and fifth rhyme, and of course the third and fourth. But you could also read it from the third and fourth to the second and fifth to the first and sixth. So it's an outside-in rhyme that you can read inside out. Okay. I'm with you. It's got a, I got a great title for it, too. Simple. Okay. Here we go. It's simple to see. Sun, a warming ball. Moon rises and glows. Life grows then goes. Creator is of all. What more need there be? And peace. That was awesome. Now I want you to sit there and and take it apart and explain it. Okay. Well, let me just do this. I'll read it from the inside out. Thank you. (laughs) That's what I meant. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Moon rises and glows. Life grows and goes. 
Sun, a warming ball. Creator is of all. It's simple to see. What more need there be? In peace. Now backwards. Yeah. <laughs> backwards. Yeah, read all it backwards. Right. What more need there be? Creator is all. Life grows, then goes. Moon rises and glows. Sun, a warming ball. It's simple to see. Tell me that doesn't work. Oh, my goodness, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So inside out, upside down, and backwards. It does. Okay, it really does my, work. I'll be doggone it. really actually does. My goodness. <laughs> well, are you ready? Are you ready for one that's brevity with levity? Okay. All right. This was done basically, I, with the prompting of Mr. George Wiley, along with Dennis Haiku Bless You White, and a couple others, plan sort of a covert tribute to the brevity master, James Rothline, if you can imagine that. And what we were going to do is on the return engagement, we were all going to do a piece of brevity. Well, I decided to have some fun with it. The title that was sort of a wink and nod toward Mr. Philip Matthew Roberts and his marvelous long titles. So the title of the piece is Poetic Response to the Self-Important, Self-Involved, Self-Righteous, Ego-Driven, Theological, and Scientific Elitists as a Rebuttal. (laughs) I love that. Okay, go ahead. The poem, know-it-all, bullshit, and peace. (laughs) Oh, why was I expecting something like that? (laughs) That's way too cool. (laughs) Because because James is, he is amazing with what he can do with brevity. He is. That's too funny. All right, my darling sweetheart, tell everyone how they can come over and show you some love. Well, of course, you can find me here on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, In the earlier part of a Friday night, you will find me on Let's Talk About It. Then from 9 o'clock on, I'll be on World Poetry Open Mic. Sundays on Inspiration Factories. Monday on Poetry in the Raw. Uh, I have a poetry group called Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. I'm also a part of Outlaw Poetry and the anthology group Garden of Poetry and Prose. And that's pretty much it. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much and (laughs) fantastic job. Thank you. And on to the next. (laughs) All right, baby. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, that was great. 
I should have kept him on with me. Uh oh. Hello. Yeah, hello. Yeah. So, um um yeah, somehow you got unmuted again. Yes. How did that happen? Uh, since you're in control, you're gonna to have to tell me. Oh, well maybe you were supposed to stay on. Oh, is that what that was? I, oh, I guess okay. that's I think that's what happened. Hey, can't fight karma. <laughs> and it really is because I was sitting there saying I should have kept him on and was unmuting the next caller, but a call dropped and that popped you up one and I ended up unmuting you instead. So it really was karma jumping in there. I don't argue with karma. <laughs> so you want to hang out for a bit? Of course. Okay. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller. 585, you are on the air. 585, are you with me? 585, unmute your phone. La, la, la. Okay, so 585, I am going to come back and get you in a moment. You need to unmute your phone or whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe they fell asleep because I talk too much. But let's go ahead and grab area code 910. 910, you're on the air. All right. Silver Dane. Silver Dane. A dollar OC. Silver Dane. Silver Dane. All right. 910. We can hear you. Oh, shit. Get over here. 910. This is so funny, you guys. Okay, we're not going to eavesdrop. What if he said something bad? Okay. <laughs> so tempting, though, you know. I love it when someone butt dials me. I'll sit there and say, wow, we talked for three hours yesterday? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever butt dial me because I will so listen to everything you do. I'm just telling you right now. You know, I guess uh, admitting our weaknesses is like the beginning of a 12-step program or something. But, yeah, don't butt, butt dial me because, yeah. I could even, you know, like film that or something. Anyway, let's go back and check with eight uh, five eight five five eight five. Are you back with us yet? Five eight five. Wow. All right. So it looks like I'm having some issues with the board. Let's check nine one zero nine one zero. Are you at your phone yet? Nine one zero. Very strange. That's too different. I know, right? Weirdness. It's like Twilight Zone. What did you do? Fate stepped in and just messed everything up. All right, so what I am going to do while I find out what's going on with my board and why I cannot unmute anybody is I am going to play a piece called Chesapeake Economy by Casey Rousseau. All right, and we will be right back with you guys. All right.
read to him like his mother doesn't. The screens rest their flat, pixeled eyes on him every morning. He is five and a fistful of rocks, light collapsing somewhere beyond his irises. We play with the globe in the basement. It asks him locations of oceans and countries. When he turns away to play basketball, the globe repeats, Can you find Africa? Can you find Africa? Oh, baby, Jamestown. The war tin cups could have brought you down. But your eyes were fellow in all the red meadows. This is what it's come to. These suburbs from Powhatan's factions. All these houses are identical siblings and their cars the telltale birthmarks. This house cluttered with televisions and cleanliness, the cupboard of perfume, a bathroom for every bed in a three-story duplicate mini-mance. My brother's hands are never empty. They penciled his birthday into their checkbook. I used to sleep on a plastic-wrapped couch when I would visit my biological father in Roxbury Projects when he still lived with his mother. Tonight, he's probably filling the gas tank of his Escalade and thinking about the significance of key. A Dutch ship accidentally landed at Jamestown and traded 20 negars with the English for supplies. The first Africans paying the ultimate cover charge to get into the world's best nightclub. The man half responsible for my birth calls me white girl. He is a black Republican who owns things for a living. His wife, Annie, won't let her 18-year-old son drive her Jaguar through the hood because Baltimore's murder rate is too high, but she owns property there, and someone's got to manage it. One time I watched her yell, Hood rat! Get out trash! at a tenant from her throne in the Escalade like she wasn't embarrassed by her real hair, like she didn't used to throw down in Dorchester. become two weeks worth of leftovers if we were in Maryland when the Caribbean woman who works for housekeeping knocks. Annie flung her index finger in the direction of what wasn't vacuumed the day before, offers the woman nothing but orders. That December they spent $1,600 renting a tent for a Christmas party chiseled out of someone else's Bible pages. Montego Bay, Jamaica, my cousin's wedding, Sidewalk men flat-backed on cardboard over a hundred degrees outside. The taxi is air-conditioned. Downtown, the fruit markets are bruised. Overripe. July. Carrington says, These people look like they're getting ready to die. Can you find Africa? I spend the week drinking heavily, staring at an unfamiliar ocean or watching James Bond and wondering if I am guilty. Annie speaks in a Jafakan accent at Miss Ruth, our personal chef who lives on the resort full-time and tells the old woman, We're black. We like to eat. Oh, I guess you are too. We're African-American. Tells her, 
We won't take you back to America and have you cook at me house. 300 years back, there were black slaveholders nestled in the pockets of the South. No one much likes to talk about it, but they kept property too. call the Escalade bootstrap. He drives me to the airport while juggling two cell phones and pressing 80. Carrington is silent in the back seat, placated by the video screen hanging down. I want to ask about my grandfather, the one who was murdered for four dollars and some change. He was a successful man who drank too much. The scenery flies by and thins out. I am silent. Where the trees go Hey, where's the new world? Okay, so let's see if we've got our lines back again. Let's check with area code nine one zero. Nine one zero, are you with us? I am. Are you there? We are here. Oh my God. Life is spectacular. <laughs> what in the heck was all that about? We couldn't get you on there for a minute. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. I don't sweat small shit. <laughs> what are you doing, baby girl? I am just hanging out listening to people read. Hanging out with Stan. Yeah. Stan's with me tonight. You got some good beaters. Dropping those words. Feeling that poetry. Doing that thing. <laughs> How you been, Nyla? I've I've been really good. I've had an exciting summer and I've been getting a lot done and Getting nothing done, and and it's really oh, been a yeah, good yeah. time. Yeah, you're 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 one of those uh, delinquents right now, right? Just <laughs> biding time. Always a delinquent. What's a delinquent? Wait a minute before before I agree to that. Delinquent doesn't give a fuck about anything other than themselves, and they're just going to do what they want to do when they want to do it, and they get judged for it. So I don't Good know if. I, I care about it. other people. I just really enjoy my own company. Oh, I don't give a fuck. About and I run away about. a lot. <laughs> you see, there you go. You don't give a fuck about anybody but yourself, just like me. You know, I, I told this girl I met her earlier. I said, you know, I let her read one of the poems. I was at a reading, and uh, she said, "You wrote that?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, "You know, I get that so much." Yeah, roll that shit up, man. I said, yeah, I get that, you know. She goes, I don't like people. How how is that? How is that capable of living in society? I said, you know what? You're living outside outside of society, you know. But I get you. I said, you know, if I had my own island, I'd invite you there. But I want to be alone, <laughs> you know, literally. <laughs> 
so I don't I don't know that it's the only we only think about ourselves. I know that I don't only think about myself, but I'm happy by myself. I don't have to have someone else to entertain me. I'm perfectly capable of entertaining myself. So that's why I don't mind doing things alone all the time because nobody's going to want to go do the stuff that I do. You know, and I wouldn't put someone through that. That would be just horrible, horrible torture. You know, go sit on the cliff of, face of a cliff with me for 11 hours today and play with, you know, a cliff face. People aren't going to do that. Well, see, you're into a whole different scene than most people will ever enjoy. You know, you know solitude. You found solitude. You you get being alone is being, it's not being alone. It's like being in tune with the surroundings, you know. And you can do that. Being alone city. is freedom it's, for me. Being alone means that there's nobody to pull an arm or a leg or pull me in this direction or that direction or tell me what I have to do when I have to do it. You know, so when I get to take off by myself, that's freedom. And I think it should be for, I mean, that's what it should be yeah. for everybody. You know, when you have alone time, that's your freedom. You know, I think people should spend more time. You know, well, see, I spent my time. I, I spent most of my life reaching for contentment, and I figured out that once you gain it, there's only one thing that can take it from you, and that's another person if you allow them to do that. And once you're mm-hmm. content, it's like you know the world fucking revolves around. And I, I don't mean this, uh, you know, selfishly. But it revolves around you because there's really nothing else. It's just like, you know, how do you say? It's like you own the world, but you don't own anything, but you own the world, you know. Um, It's a ridiculous state of mind to be in. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's almost unachievable, you know. In fact, it is unachievable for most people because they got dollars and bills and payments and you know, they got schedules and shit they got to get to. They're never going to be content, you know. But the bottom line is you always got that back bluster, you know, that back blocker, that that one that comes along and just kind of wants to fuck you up. But, you know, that's the world. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, listen, let me let me get to my point, okay, so you can get to your next schedule. Okay. <laughs> you think you love me, but when you blow up and saying you could give a fuck about who I am, you got my back until the precedence walks outside of what you feel or think. You got a finger on the trigger, always waiting for the opportunity to put a bullet into my heart. I know you think you don't feel pain. I know you consider yourself above all the mix. I hear you say, we love me. You love me for who I am. But when I jumped, you fixed my parachute to never open up. I know you got my back. But I just don't believe you. You always leave at a moment's notice. I know you got my back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of that. This is called You Got My Back. My name is Glenn Still. You can find me on Facebook. About anywhere you go, just search the Internet. I'm all over it. Fantastic job, sweetheart. Stan, you want to comment? Yeah, that was pretty straightforward and to the point, really. 
Yeah, like, yeah, you've got my back, and I'm waiting to kill the blade. <laughs> yeah, wow. you can only trust yourself out here. I know. But that's the way it is. And, it, you know, it isn't a bad, it isn't like, you know, it's a lot, not like a curse, man. It's just the way the game goes, you know. I got another piece I'd read, but I know you got people backed up behind me, so... No, go ahead go. and read your second one. We got kind of messed up phone lines, so you're you're perfectly fine. Oh, really? Your second one, love. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me find. <laughs> uh, all right. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Okay. Damn it, man! I don't know if I want to tell a story if I just want to if I if I want to just include somebody into the mix. So. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a story. All right. Hold over. The day is hot. The night is human. I ran into this girl at IHOP. She don't act sweet, but I sense she's got a curious spirit. Invites me over. The apartment is surgically clean. She might be a nurse with OCD. Asked me with eyes entwined in the stars if I want to take a shower. She normally implies... We can do it together. I'm stuck. The water runs and mist proceeds from the bathroom door. She lifts her shirt, throws it off, walks out the skirt, dissipates into the fog. Now, I ain't got no history on her, but I'm willing to take a chance. But then again, I'm not. I come up on the curtain, restraining the warm water between us. If I've learned one lesson from the last girl I dropped, was to get paper. So I say, how about if we see each other tomorrow, after you go to the clinic, get an affidavit, that you're the girl I don't have to take a chance on. She nods yes, insists I stay the night, steps out naked in full display. I'm blown away. We sleep content knowing no press on this is worth ruining the moment. As I lay there beside her, I hear her gently snore, like a woman who has nothing to hide. As I lay there, a swirl of everything comes to mind. I get up, get dressed, leave a note. Hey, girl, it's 6 a.m. I let myself out. Come find me if you don't. Come find me if you don't. Nothing lost. Nothing found. Come find me if you want to take a shower together. Sincerely, GCS. This is called Shower. My name is Glenn Still. You can find me on Facebook. Fantastic. Stan? I like that. I really do. I like all the changes he went through, the, the mindset, and then walks out, and there she is, and it's in the moment. And he goes, well, yeah, I think I will. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's got a trepidation, you know. (laughs) What did they say? Nothing ventured, nothing gained? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Glenn, fantastic job, sweetheart. Thank you so much for calling in. It's good to hear from you. It's been a while. As well. All right. We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. 
Be peace. It goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's fight that bitch up. All right. Talk to you guys later. Be peace. Yep. All right, then. Bye-bye. All right, let's see if I can get 585 unmuted. Now, 585, are you with me? Yes. There you are. Can you, do you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Well, this is Doug Curry up in Rochester, New York. How you doing? Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Have Stan here see. with me tonight. What? Huh? I'm good evening, sorry. Mr. Curry. Well, good evening to you. How are you? I'm doing I've fine. just joined you this a few minutes ago. I'm, I'm sitting in a radio station. I just finished doing some work I had to do over here. And uh, so my radio show, Blacks and Blues, and I might as well just give it all up. Black, um, I can be found on Facebook under my name, Doug Curry, and I can be found under the name of my radio show, Blacks and Blues. Blacks and Blues airs at 9 o'clock Eastern Time from 9 to midnight Friday night uh, Eastern Time and Saturday nights from 10 o'clock Central to 11 o'clock out of Chicago. So every time my show comes on the air, it leads off with a song called Mr. Blues is by Winoni Harris. And if you haven't ever heard it, you should hear my show, first of all, or just go find uh, on YouTube Winoni Harris, Mr. Blues is Coming to Town. But Mr. Blues, Wendell Harris, was a larger-than-life character. I read a biography about him. If Hollywood, you know, this would, his life should be a Hollywood movie, but Hollywood would fuck it up from being too over the top. He was too real. So he was a, a ribald, uh, eccentric character, over-the-top dancer, singer, whatever kind of entertainer he needed to be coming in the 1950s. And uh, he's a man that Elvis Presley kind of tried to, t- to take those dance moves, and I guess he did the best he could do with it. But Wynonna <laughs> Harris was a singer. But anyway, so he's got this real robust song, Get Your Business Straight, Mr. Blues is coming down. Now you can have to kick the door down and open up my show. So I've written a series of poems. Some of them I use as advertisements for my show, and some of them I use when I'm around town doing poetry. So here's another Mr. Blues poem. This one is doesn't have his name in the title, but it's called Thursday Night Blues. A little hint, in case you didn't know, back in the day, Thursday was the maid's day off, and all the colored women worked as maids. Thursday was their day off. Thursday Night Blues. Mr. Blues stepped out on stage in some two-toned alligator shoes. His hair slicked back a diamond ring and went to shouting blues. Tell me, baby, make be singing right. Why you keep sitting on it all the time? Oh, I see. Don't you gonna sit right on it? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I see. Don't be ashamed to tell it. You gonna sit right on it till it's time to sell. It. Man, the big band blues, yeah, rocked and rolled, and every seat in the house was sold for this rhythm and blues jamboree, and every act in the seat. One cat made an organ, purr and moan. One laid on his back and blew a saxophone. Girl sang in heels and silks, the most exotic styles, while some sissy boys danced in the aisles. Under Homburgs, flat tops, and pompadours, some good-doing players strolled in with their whores. 
These have cats grin, troublesome skin, while sporting styles, while sporting in styles, the wages of sin. They sat at a table that was marked reserved, and no sooner sat down than were promptly served. Their champagne was chilled in icy pails, as 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 a freeze was snipped from polished nails. Mister Blue spotted them, gave their play a play. His boy stripped down in a low, sleazy, sexy way. You better get yourself a job, girl. Find some work to do, because this little girl around the corner, she's making awful tough for you. A monkey-faced man threw back his head to shout, raising his glass. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, what a party they had that night. Didn't nobody even try to start a fight. They was drinking joy juice and dancing, all jammed up in there sniffing cane, smoking reefers, and acting like they didn't care. When blues sing a slow blues, real groovy and fine, the dancers on the floor did a hard, slow grind, trying to get trolled by whoever they could find, because when the joint closed, it would be petting time. In a long work week, they were rounding the bend, on their way to another Black Bottom weekend. But down in Black Bottom, Thursday was the day. Working chicks were off. And came out to play. It came out to play. Hang on. <laughs> there were maids and porters with the day off, with the day off their job, and those who never worked, those who steal and rob, and baby-faced crooners, silky smooth on stage, and a young man from Memphis whose guitar was all the rage. Over there sat pretty Ricardo, supposed to be Puerto Rican, and Giles the number man, drinking rum with the deacon. And some young cat from Augusta who could really dance asked to sit in and sing, but didn't get a chance. And so Mr. Blues did sing and dance and clown, and he sure enough kicked the blues around. He did his finale and brought the house down and walked off the stage for the next town. And I wrote it yesterday, so I didn't get all the rhythm down yet. <laughs> you did awesomely. Absolutely yeah. awesomely. That is incredible. That was nice. That really was nice. I, I would I like to that. do it when I run through it a few more times. But, I, yeah, I like to get you in the room, you know. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Phenomenal. I like all the person and, and the liquor, you know. I want you to hear the floorboards rattling. <laughs> well, if you play with that one, you know, since you just wrote, if you play with it, bring it back in the next two, three weeks. You know, there's going to be okay. people listening then that are not listening right now, and I know anyone that's listening right now would have absolutely no problem hearing that again. Oh, absolutely not. It was it was a fun poem for me, and that's what I wrote it for. That's what I write a lot of poems for, to be honest with you. You know, we'll fix the world some other way sometime, but I'm a, I like to write poetry fun and try to see if I can get you to be where I am or, or see if mm-hmm. I can show oh, you. You're a master at that. Well, Great image. That. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it, it's fun stuff, but you know what? It's real stuff. I, I I try to make sure to throw real stuff in there. Young man from Augusta who could really dance. It's James Brown. Yeah, yeah you know, the guy from Memphis whose guitar was all arranged. Who's that? The B.B. King. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. I'll just sprinkle him in there, you know. Pick them up, pick them up, but that's who it is, you know. Because Wynonie Harris was popular in the 1940s going into the 50s. Actually, he should have occupied the same kind of position as Big Joe Turner, who 
made the original version of Shake, Rattle, and Roll, which is, by the way, a gambling term. You know, when you roll the dice, you got to shake them, rattle them, and roll them. That's why everybody knows you're not cheating. That's what that means. So, when, but, but, but Big Joe Turner was a big, jovial guy, you know. Now, Wyoming Harris was a little slim, slick guy, so he wasn't crossing over as well as, as you know, Big Papa Bear Joe Turner. So Joe Turner had shake, rattle, and roll, and Wyoming Harris had get with the grits. <laughs> and they both sang about the same thing. Want to get up off her ass and go in the kitchen and do what you wanted to do. They both sang about the same thing, but it was more fun with Big Joe Turner, and it was too black with Wyoming Harris. But he's my man. He opens my shows anywhere I go. I hear you. That was amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for saying so. I I enjoyed doing it for you. I always feel at home, you know. If I if I roll my tongue out, step on it, trip over, I don't care. You know, being in you in you guys' company is a joy to me. <laughs> well, you know, we're just saying that's that, and I like that you say that because that really is the truth. You know, it's just you guys have created that kind of environment here. Where we just get to hang out once a week. We get to hang out and say yeah. what the hell, and and just. Spend some, feed our creative brains together, have some fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, midway through the day, I'm, I'm thinking, oh shit, the show's coming on. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. And then I start <laughs> thinking, oh, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this. Oh, I can't do, I can't do all those. I can do this. So it's always fun. You know what Back I would like? Uh-huh. I would love for you and Stan to get get together and write a collab. Okay. How do we do that? Well, Stan's on the air. You're on the air. Make sure you're on each other's pages. One of you send the other one the first verse. The other one will write the second verse and send it back and so forth. Okay. Well, you, you, let's try that then. Let's try that. Okay. I think your two voices would fit well together. I'm going to be honest with you now. I think from the sound of his poetry, he has uh-huh. a real solid sense of cadence. Okay. So I think whatever the, the case of the piece, I'm going to have you set. I'll follow your lead. Okay. All right, okay. you send him right. the first verse. Okay, how how do I find you? On Stanley Phillips on Facebook. Stanley Phillips? Yep. I'll, I'll kick it off tonight. I'll send it over to you tonight. And we can see where I'll we be, can go with it. I hear you. You want to? Do you want a first line or a first stanza or I'll just I'll you send you something. Uh, if if you can throw the first stanza out there, that way we'll have that cadence set right there. Okay, cool. Cool. We'll do it. I'll and I'll be I'll be neater about it then. I you know, I had this one with, with some lines that were, you know, this many syllables and that many on some other. So we'll try to get a little neater about it so it won't throw everybody off. Cool. Thank you very much. I'm glad it. Now, when when you're doing this, remember too, you are two distinctly different voices. If you write it in a two voice poem, you you do not have to mimic each other's style unless you want to. Well, okay. What I want is that cadence, that that nice rhythm and cadence. Okay. And that if he sets the first stanza, that sets the rhythm and the cadence. I can do whatever gives, I need to do. It gives the piece voice. that blues. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have some fun with that. I will start on this tonight. Doug, I am awesome. looking forward to it. 
All right, then. Thank you. I'm such an instigator. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I love it. But you know, you know any one of us do anything you say. <laughs> I can really use my toenails polished right now, guys. Oh, really? Let me reach through the phone here. Would you, would you yeah, like I'd that? I have to say, I'm not sure how to make phone. this one work. <laughs> Now I know why you have this show now. <laughs> FedEx. I'm trying not to choke while I'm laughing. Because <laughs> right when you said that, I took a bite of cookie that I'm not supposed to be eating, remember? <laughs> oh, that reminds me, what might be in them cookies, young lady? They're Girl Scout cookies, so who the hell knows? Oh, so why aren't you supposed? You. Why aren't you supposed to be eating them? Because this ought to be this ought to be interesting. Cause what? Because I've been running around all summer long. I did this told this earlier, but I've been running around all summer long. Went all over about five different states a couple of times and doing fossil digs and all this crazy stuff. And I come back at the end of the summer. And I've lost some weight, and I'm thinking, oh, this is cool, because who doesn't like losing a couple pounds here or there, right? Right. So I think, I'm going you know, I'm going to keep this going. I'm doing really good. I'm feeling really good, and, you know, this is kind of nice. And so I bought a scale what? and set it in my office, and it's sitting right there, and I'm looking at that scale oh, today, and I'm all pumped up and motivated. I move a file, and there's a full box of Girl Scout cookie s'mores, or whatever well, they're let called. Me you, let, let me give you a little cheat. A little dieting advice if you're trying to lose some weight for you. Go ahead and eat the Girl Scout cookies and cut some of that damn hair. That's all you got to do. Just cut some of that hair. You'll lose weight right there. <laughs> Not cut my hair. Oh, my gosh. It have, takes me forever to grow my hair. The <laughs> <laughs> then you can have the cookies. I'm bald, another, but I have not gained a pound. <laughs> another, another thing for you to think about, Nyla. Sometimes it's the guilty pleasures that are the best. I know. Whoever remembers and recalls things when they were sitting around (laughs) reading Bible verses or knitting or, you know, painting grandma's toenails. We don't remember those times. We remember the times we got in trouble. Yeah. We we remember the times sitting around thinking that we wish we could be painting your toenails. There you go. There you go. another should have never said that. I might have to write about that in the poem, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you get 20 extra I'm cool points you. if you write a poem about that. <laughs> and I'm going to blush right through this poem. <laughs> this is going to be a heck of a poem. Could you imagine this poem? Girl Scout cookies and painted toenails. Ooh, well, let's keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, and see, now you're just getting to every girl's nirvana. <laughs> oh really? Well, maybe the rest of the girls listening will have something to say about that too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can broadcast it out, cast a wide net. So who knows? Maybe I can't. I don't know a girl in the world like. that would not like to have to be sitting back eating Girl Scout cookies while someone painted their toenails. That would be perfect. Huh. That would, that's heaven. It, it, you who know what? Even if I write a poem about that, I'm gonna put that in my bag here, a little bag of tricks here. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah. If I, if, if I never write a word about it, I think I have to hold on to that one. <laughs> That's so. Oh no, I'm letting I'm letting the secret girl tip slip. I better be quiet. I'm going to get fined. <laughs> I'm going to get a ticket. All right, sweetheart, tell everyone how to find you, Doug. 
Yes, again, I'm on the easiest way to find me is on Facebook, Doug Curry, or under Blacks and Blues. Don't forget, I would love to have you tune in and find me on the radio tomorrow night, Friday, 9 o'clock Eastern Time at Eastern Time at WRUR.org. Uh, Saturday night at 10 o'clock uh, Central Time, that's out of Chicago, Blacks and Blues for one hour at WBCB.org. I can be found at allpoetry.com under the name of Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. I would love to talk to you about poetry, have you read some of mine, let me read some of yours. And it was W-C-B-C? D as in David, C as in Charles, B as in boy, WDCB.org. D-C-B. I wonder if I can, can I get it on my Alexa? Uh, yeah. Yes, you can. I hope you do. You won't be able awesome. to call me there. You can't call me and heckle me. It's pre-recorded. But Friday night, Friday night, I'm on WRUR, and that's live. Awesome. That's nine o'clock. Okay. All right, sweetie. All right. Thank you for, for calling in tonight. All right, babe. Take care. <laughs> bye, bye. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. I think your two's writing style will fit real well together. It should be a very interesting collaboration. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I mean, you both you both have very distinctly different styles, but you're you both are really strong, concrete images. So, in writing the collab together, you guys are going to be pushing each other. That's going to be real cool oh, yeah. to find out what happens. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and see if we can get 919 on. 919, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, how are you, sweetheart? I'm glad you were able to make it on. Yes, and so was I. I was happy myself to be able to make it. Even though I am in Walmart shopping. (laughs) You personal. Yes, good evening, Nyla. Hello. Good evening, Granville. Yes. I think. I think. Uh, what's the body name again, Mark? Stan. 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 Uh, I knew it was a short name. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Granville here. Ah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have a stop and do this poem. Granville John Hedrington. You can find me on Facebook. And the poem I'm going to do for you tonight, how many pieces do I get, Nyla? You can do two. Okay, okay, I can do two. Okay, this one is called The Watcher. You can find it on iTunes, The Watcher. I am The Watcher. They think that I do not see. But vigilance becomes me. The vigil is mine to keep. It is my watch, and I watch, and I see. Even when I am not looking, I see. The vigil whispers the guiltiness 
betrays them and they lay beer before me. I see at this observatory post I stand keeping watch, keeping watch. Faith has led me here. I see the travail of men on their daily march, driven by the scheme of things, their faith lacking their fears. There they stand in the valley of division. Tomorrow, the illusion. Tomorrow, days goes into evening, then the night, and the process repeats itself. Magnificent or madness, the endless query, as it is both, like the oceans rushing to the shores, only to retreat and return again and again. We are being played by the artificer of time, whom our folly amuses. It amuses us. We find humor here, lest the madness would be rampant, but art imitates life. So I write as I observe, if only to shed some light on the dark and temper the madness and help us understand our follies. So I watch is bound to this irretrievably. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Daniela. Always with a very powerful, expressive voice. Every time. That is a signature voice. Thank you, thank you, Stan. Thank you, thank you very much. Say so one more? Please, yes. Okay, well, I'm going to do this one. I've, I've done it before, but I'm doing it because it's on my, it's on my iTunes. So I want to I wanna give it some airplay. This one is called The Lion's Den. I think this is your favorite, Nyla. The Lion's Den. I need peace. A woman must. Bring me peace. For me, she must be easily endured. She must not be unnerved by my silence and have little sleep for the dramatics. There is enough drama without my house 
I do not want it within. I need peace and quiet. I must want to come home and not fear it. My abode must call out to me. It must beckon. My, my doors must yearn for my footsteps. And the windows bow at my presence. Okay, that may be too much to hope for. But I need peace. However brief, I need respite. My soul must have a place of rest. Since the demon as tomorrow, I must fight them again. Not good. To fight a battle on two fronts. From the battlefield to the battlefield, I think not. I need a lioness in the lion's den. For when the lion king comes home, Sometimes he needs to be alone. He needs peace. It's a jungle out there. Thank you. Stan? Well, that sounds like the lament of many a married man. <laughs> The lion's den. Yes. Yes. And you're right, that is yes. one of my favorite pieces of yours. Yes, yes it is. It is, it is. I can remember you making the same remark about it on two different occasions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Better live that. on the corner of a roof than with a quarrelsome wife. Yes, 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 and you know, and you know what? Hearing a woman saying that to me sounds so beautiful. <laughs> I believe that a hundred percent. The worst thing a man could say to me is that he didn't want to come home. What does oh. that say about me? You know, I I believe that my power, my power as a woman comes from being a woman. You know, as old-fashioned as that may sound, I don't care. No, no, it does. It does because, because I mean, that's, that's what attracts children to you. That's what attracts men to you. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a lot of things, you know, that, 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 that we are attracted to each other, you know, and, and to be repulsive is not, it's not recommendable, you know. So you're right. If, if, if you don't attract a man towards you, you, you know, you, you're not fulfilling your past, you know? You're not mm-hmm. fulfilling uh, your duties, you know? You know and, and people who don't understand that don't understand as well. 
I am a powerful woman. I am a very strong, strong woman and a very independent woman. You know, you you have absolutely no idea. Um, but at the same time, I know my greatest strength is being a woman. And I love being a woman. And, and I don't want to be anything besides that. But that doesn't mean that I'm weak. And that's why I love in that poem where you you say you need a lioness in the lion's den. You know, you're not looking for a pushover. You're not asking those things from a subservient woman. You know, you're asking someone who is strong enough to understand that what you're asking for is absolutely not unreasonable at all. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for an ally, you know. I need an ally, not a, not a, you know, an enemy, you know. And I need an ally in my house, so when I come home, I, you know, he, you know, you work with me, try to understand what I'm going to hear, and you know, because you know we is we, we fight in a battle together, you know. We, we we're not fighting against each other. It's a team. It's a team. You know, it's yeah. funny, and I know I've commented this, and when you've read that poem before, I've commented the same comment, but it's true. I mean, I wrote I wrote the exact same thing as that, only from the female perspective, where I'm saying. Get what, do whatever you have to do to go through our door, and I will stand on your the porch and fight your demons. I will fight them, everyone, which is the same thing as what you're saying, only from a female perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah because I mean, like, yeah, and you're right because when when the lion goes to fight the demons, I'm fighting for us, you know. Mhm. Yes. I'm fighting for us. You know, yeah, right, cool. uh, All right, baby, tell everyone how to find you. So uh, you can find me on, on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, and on Instagram, Granville John Hedrington, and iTunes, Spotify, and any downloading Medium, you can just search me and search me, you'll find me. Thank you very much, Nyla. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. You're very welcome, and we'll talk to you next week, honey. Uh, okay, bye bye. Bye bye, Stan. Good night, Granville. Bye bye. Okay. All right, our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hey, sweetie, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? Wonderful. I'm glad you were able to get in. Me too. Can you hear me okay? We can. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to do a poem. I did it once before. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't give you the history behind it. It's called Where My Dog's At. Um, I wrote this poem. Uh, I had a really good friend. Uh, like we were friends from like preschool, you know, we lived we lived in projects together, grew up together, went to the same high school, we were in the same same gang, we did almost everything together. Uh, even in high school, our lockers were next to each other, and he he was he had been sick for a couple of years, and I had gone by to see him. You know, we were we were talking about you know what it was like growing up in Toledo and you know all the things we used to do and stuff like that. And we talked about, um, you know, all the friends that we had, those that were still here and those that weren't, you know. 
and and so after you know after you know uh, you know that visit with him and reflected on on that conversation, I wrote this poem called "Where My Dogs At." You know, uh, and uh, in in June he passed away. So uh, I, I've been reading this, and you know, in uh, kind of in to remember him. Uh, uh, it's in my book, the book that I just got published called Tears from the Hood. Uh, and I'm actually having a uh, book signing at Open Mic Saturday. It's coming Saturday. Congratulations on that. Really? Congratulations. And so, and I'm going to read this poem there also. It, it's called Where My Dog's At. It's been said that every dog will have his day. But a lot of my dogs can lost their way. In the game of life, they got lost in the system. And I could never tell them how bad I really missed them. Where my dogs at? What happened to all my soldiers of the street? Inner city hustlers, brothers of the beat. The regional gangsters, one for all and all for one. Hanging and chilling just for the fun. Seems like some of them have got lost in the system. And I could never tell them how bad I really missed them. Where my dogs at? Herbert and Johnny, they got shot. St. Louis, he got beat to death by the cops. Some fell victim to alcohol and drugs. Some went to prison being defined as thugs. Some gave up, gave in to defeat. Trapped on the corners where we used to meet. Looking at, at their faces, listening to their voices. Knowing that their destinies were defined by their choices. Seems like some of them just got lost in the system. And I can never tell them how bad I really missed them. Where my dog's at. Heavenly Father, I'm so glad you blessed me. Overcome the ways that this life would take me. Bringing me to tears, sometimes I wanted to kill. But always I was guided by your wisdom and your will. When I was in the scissors, you gave me reflection. When I needed it most, you gave me direction. And it's been said that every dog would have his day. But a lot of my dogs seem to lose their way. In the game of life, we got trapped in the system. Where my dogs at? I just want to tell them. I'm not going to really miss him. Damn. Go ahead, Stan. That was a hell of a memorial and a very powerful commentary piece. Thank you. I I liked it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said I liked it. I think it was really powerful in the sense that, you know, you you talk about, you reminisce and talk about a time in your life where everything, where you believed with all your heart everything was life or death, and you lived in the moment with these people who were such a huge impact on your life and who you were. And, and, you know, when you're reading through it, it's like, you know, there's ones that you lost you know, but remember, there's ones that you that you that, that were like such a huge part of your life in the moment, but just faded away and aren't there anymore. You know, but at one time in your life, you know, it was like a bloodline. You know, and now it's yeah. you know they they got sucked up and lost, and you don't know where they are. You know, they just they just got absorbed. 
you know, and then there's the one, you know, there's the one that's always your artery, you know, that that's your heartbeat, that's the, the you know, that that one. There's always that one. And I think that it really, really spoke strongly to the social mechanics of the era, of the time, of the the situation, of the streets, you know, of the, just the language of the bond, I think was pretty powerful. Thank you. You're very welcome. I thought that was a great piece. All right. Wow, you even got on here with enough time to tell everyone how to find you and take your time and be all smooth and cool. <laughs> Uh, I hope I can be found on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson. I have a, uh, I still have a YouTube channel. It's, uh, 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 it's, it's called Meljamar, M-E-L-J-E-A-M-A-R. And that's actually the first three letters of my name, uh, my daughter's name, and my son's name. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. And we will talk to you next week, my dear, if you're ever able to get in. Yes. All right, Melvin. Absolutely amazing to hear from you. Love you so dearly. Thank you. Love you too. And I mean it when I say that. (laughs) So do I. Awesome. Go ahead, Stan. So do I. I just was saying, awesome read. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I agree. All right. Good night, sweetheart. Appreciate you being here. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. So let's go ahead and bring Eric back on. I believe he wanted to read again real quick. Eric, did you want to read another piece, honey? A short one? Uh, Yes, I did. I just finished a brand new poem, actually. Uh, I'm going to see if you you guys can get it. <laughs> Should be pretty I've easy. I've just been talking for three hours. I'm right. not going to get anything. I'm going to be faking it just like a girl. Just so you All know. Right. <laughs> uh, I'll explain it if you don't get it. It's pretty blunt. So. <laughs> All right. You ready? Ready. Ready. All right. That's called whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always, every second, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, unconsciously craving for it, involuntarily feeding for it, continuously enduring it, seasonally partaking it, forever needing, wanting, and desiring for whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always, relentlessly thinking that you can't physically function without having whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always seasonally thinking of only withdrawals while not partaking in whatever it may be that you must always that you must absolutely have always whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always steals all of your time whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always occupies all of your time. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always loses all of your time. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have 
always consumes all of your time. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have never gives any of all your lost time, stolen times, taken time, occupied times, and consumed times back to you. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always steals your love and your relationships with everyone that you interact with. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always separates you always from everyone and everything around you. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always is not just psychological but physiological physiological as well. Whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always may be cured with mind over matter, but withdrawals definitely occur no matter whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always. Overcome whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always if you realize it, it, it to be more of a painful pleasure than its original pleasurable adrenaline high that you first received from whatever it may be that you must absolutely have always. That's in peace. So what do you absolutely have to have always? <laughs> An addiction. I was it's trying to think while you were reading that. What would, my, what would I have to absolutely have always? What would my answer be? And I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to be <laughs> clever. I know what I absolutely have to have always. My next breath. There you go. To my next breath. Good one. There you go. (laughs) That'll work. (laughs) All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you again. All right. Uh, This is. You can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. Find me on Facebook like page. That's poet poet Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on YouTube. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on uh, Palm Hunter. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. And that's it for now. Thanks again, Nyla. And uh, I just wrote this poem. One of my friends, she was an addict for, I think, like 20 years or something. And, uh, of course, I was an addict but as well <laughs> previously. But, uh, anyways, uh, she wanted me to write a poem on addiction. And she told me she wants me to write on another one, which I'll be sharing the next one. I'll have I'll have it written by then, on the next show. So and it'll be a surprise. All right. I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, I just wrote it, so it's it's fresh off the cyberspace of my phone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Let's have a good night. I'll see you, you next too. next week. Bye. Bye-bye, hon. All right. So how would you like to read one more piece to close out the show, my dear? All righty. This is a simple little piece. It's called Glory. A day like any other, sunrise ignites skies with light. Life bursts forth in color and sounds. A world awakes. Wings take flight. Changes abound in life's animation. Even the usual has something new. A face, voice, sound, song, or prayer. Enter your life, thus changes ensue. As sunset approaches, cool stealth of night.
creation sky will now change its face. Revel in the gift of this one-of-a-kind day, as in it gentle glory your embrace and peace. Absolutely awesome. Perfect way to close out the show. Thank you, sweetheart. My pleasure, and thank you, Nyla. You're very welcome. Tell everyone how to find you again. Uh, You can find me on Facebook, Stanley Phillips. I'm also on Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit on the Outlaw Poetry Group. I'm in the Garden of Proletarian Prose on Nyla Speakeasy Cafe, World Poetry Open Mic. Let's talk about it. Inspiration Factory in the Raw. Awesome. And I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you hanging out with me like that on short notice. I'm really loving it when you can do that. I know everyone else enjoys having you here as well. So thank you, Han, for hosting with me tonight. Always a pleasure. (laughs) All right, baby. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Yes, ma'am. Good night, Stan. All right, everyone, you have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I appreciate you all being here tonight, both readers and listeners. Um, Cannot wait to see what you write about this week and bring back with you next week. So till then, just keep writing, and I guess this is good night. It's going to be so sad. Um, Okay, so I'm just trying to find a track real quick to close the show with. We're going to do... Oh, let's do, um, let's do, we just did that one. We're going to do the one by Gregory Schwartz called Bear in the Backyard. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, there's a bear in the backyard. It knocked the bug zapper into the pool. The bear fell into the pool and got electrocuted. Then a wire broke and it started a fire. And it fell into a tree and started the tree to burn. And the tree fell onto the roof and it started the house on fire. Then the fire melted all the telephone wires and caused a blackout. No one could fall out for help. They're trapped in the house and preparing to die. And a rebirth of life free from the conditions which brought them through this series of basic interactions. They smell like electric fried broiled bear meat. 